those happy days, they seem so hard to find I tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind Whatever happened to our love, I wish I understood It used to be so nice, it used to be so good you primitive screwheads listen up i got news for you pal you ain't leading but two things right now jack and shit jack left town well hello mr fancy pants I was just in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. Ain't it cool? 
First you want to kill me. Now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Round three. <laughs> DJ Nibbit. And DJ Nico. We do Hordes of Chaos, episode 119 on the Metal Tavern Radio podcast. Oh. Computer decided to want to do some updates, and we had already gotten started into our first music And block. then it went... Yeah, so we are now at least to the point where the shit's not crazy and on the fritz, so... I, I wish we had, like, the audio of us going, what the fuck? What the fuck? What, what, what the actual fuck? Like, every once in a while I would do that, and then I'm like, oh, it's okay, it'll sort itself out. But then it was like two and three times, I'm like, something's going on. It's got to be doing something. And the computer is trying to force updates on poor DJ. Yeah, because now, uh, if you don't know, Windows 10 has a new version of Windows 10 they're trying to shovel out. So it was trying to do all that shit. And uh, I'm not ready for that quite yet. He's so. like, I just I just don't want to make the commitment. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't want to commit. All right. Uh, so we'll kind of skip some of the stuff we talked about initially. and we'll, It doesn't exist. Yeah, so we'll, we'll come to some of that. But we do have a great uh, pick for you for the Retro DVD Movie Vault from Neko. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we get there. Uh, some news about what we do in the Shadows, Mortal Kombat, <gasps> John Wick 4. Uh, also have news about Sticks, Tommy Shaw, and Dennis DeYoung. Uh, a little bit of Fat Samurai Guy who did a versus episode of Con Air versus The Rock. It's really hard for me with both of those movies because I like both of those Everybody movies. Everybody says that, but uh, I'm going to give my reasoning why. I couldn't say because I wasn't on the show on the panel like I wanted to be. Aww. That's all right. I mean, he only has so much room for people, and he's got his main guys that he does, so I'm not blaming him for one way or the other there. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm sitting there talking to TV like... No, Master Chaos! You don't get it! You just don't get it! <laughs> I love that guy, no no, no doubt about it. Uh, but I'll bring up some of my points what I was trying to make. Uh, we'll talk about Joe Bob Briggs, and you just heard Fozzie do an ABBA to start the show, so Chris Jericho was a guest on the uh, last drive-in last night when we were watching a couple of films uh, by Joe Bob Briggs, but the uh, films were unique in a certain way bad but unique and we'll talk a little bit about that we 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 dig the unique i guess well yeah and i'll get into why i don't mind it some people really have a hard time with it i'm not one of those people and you aren't either so we'll we'll get into that when we get there let's go ahead and get in the block <laughs> uh reinforcer provided by scarlet records we appreciate that much thank you brand new track by oxygen destroyer yeah which actually is about the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, one of my favorite films, which I do need to get on DVD. I have not yet. And then we're going to kick it off with some brand new Morbid Breath, In the Hand of the Reaper.
Zelba with the bandy thorn. You're listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it. Alright, we're back. We are back and back. Everything seems fucking normal, which is good. That's that is what makes DJ Anubis happy. He loves when things go smoothly. Well yeah, otherwise we'd have to wait till next Wednesday to do this and I didn't really want to do that, so <laughs> We wouldn't have to wait. We we could do it, but it was getting late. Yeah, it just keeps getting pushed because we do about three or four hours worth of material, so you know, I gotta work tomorrow, so I don't want to be up. And I get up earlier, so it's not like I can just worry about going to bed later. We um, we're actually very proud of DJ Anubis and his new job. He is super, super stoked about how smooth this place runs <laughs> compared to his old place. So anyway, uh, as we've mentioned before, Joe Bob Briggs is like a Friday night thing we do while he's in season. I think he's the finale is probably around June 18th, I think. So he's only got a couple more oh, weeks left. No! But then we're going to go see him in July uh, live, which will be a lot of fun. We, we bought our tickets the day they went on sale. Yeah, a lot of people didn't get what they wanted. We were lucky. We, didn't, we knew exactly what we wanted and we got it. <laughs> But uh, last night, uh, you know, he has double features on his show on Shutter, And uh, last night he chose to go the route of a couple of movies that were shot. Was it Super 8? No. 100% on VHS. Right. So this is like so the he, early 80s of people getting camcorders at home. And they shot it on VHS and then edited it. And I don't know how you edit VHS, but yeah. they did. But uh, the first film was a, a film called Sledgehammer, um, 1983. Basically, uh, it starts out with this abusive mother who locks away her kid in a closet and then has sex with some dude, because that's all she was really caring about, and then they end up dead. Uh, murdered in the living room, and then this group of youngsters, which you know is your typical like, mm-hmm. Friday Thirteenth or Halloween type thing. So they show up, uh, start throwing a little party, uh, a bit of over. Well, I can't really say overacting because these none of them are really actors. They're, in fact, some of them were one. The one main guy was a bodybuilder, and his brother was actually directing the film. Uh, neither had real experience in it, but. Nevertheless, uh, they hold what they call a seance. <laughs> yeah, a sense? Is this yeah, a, a sense? sense? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, obviously, they start getting picked off, you know, here and there by someone wielding a sledgehammer and whatnot. It, it's a truly bad movie. Uh, but, and the second one was Stains, which is, was even worse. Like, that one is, like, probably people have voted the most worst film ever made. I couldn't even focus on it. Like, I didn't know what was happening. I, I couldn't. I don't think they knew what was happening. I, I like, the first one, it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it just had, like, weird, remember, you got up, I guess, to get a drink or something, and then went to the bathroom and came down. I'm like, they have still been walking to this cheesy music. So, like... Slow-mo. Yeah, it was slow-mo walking, like two couples, like lovers, drinking beer, walking for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so 
you know, neither film is great. The, the second one was worse just because it was throwing just so many fucking different things at you. It started out with this guy who he and his wife can't have a kid, so he wants to inseminate this chick in the basement who is actually Amber Lynn, a porn star from back then. Oh, wow. And she's in this, like, mask, devil's mask, and I don't know what, what that was supposed to represent, but... She's like, but I already have your kid. So she pulls out this, like, little... Bad juju. Right. And, of course, the kid has claws. And it's just... it's it, There's, like, a bunch of, like, monsters in this shit. And it just... They come out of nowhere. Like, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the acting is very bad. It's just bad. But Chris Jericho, the wrestler, you know, he, he's been on it before talking about horror movies with blood-sucking freaks and... He was invited to come do a, a basically a video cast with Joe Bob, and uh, I've already he really dug it though. Yeah, and I, people uh, are already bitching about Jericho, and he apparently he didn't really break any knowledge last night. But you know the thing is, like, he's at least interested in the horror genre. Like, people say, "Well, why do you? Why don't you invite someone better?" Well, maybe those people don't want to go and do the show. You don't really know what and, to do. And I don't want to. Why? Why does it have to be quote unquote better than Jericho? He's a fan, and he wants to. He was totally stoked to be on the show. He was. Oh my god, that's us watching the uh, that uh, documentary about Stacey Keen. You're so stoked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's sorry, derailed. Stacey Peralta. Peralta, yeah. sorry. Um, and. It was like, Jericho, he's a horror fan. He's a Joe Bob fan, and he was super happy just to participate. So, right. I mean, it, it, I think the second one, I think, was a Canadian film, so Jericho's Canadian, and that's one of the reasons why Joe Bob had him on. But, you know, it's like, right now, because of COVID and everything, we're still kind of doing things differently than we had before, so... You know, they may not have had a major plan when they had Jericho on last night. I just, I don't know, I get kind of tired of people being just soft about everything. Like, why, why are you so goddamn snowflakey about this shit? Like, just be happy that there's someone there who wants to actually talk about fucking horror movies. Like, it doesn't matter how it comes across. We were talking about this the other night when we were, is this all we do is watch documentaries? But we're watching that documentary about the cult films and it mm -hmm. was the... Yeah, Roger they, Corman. They were, yeah. yeah, and they were talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh yeah, that was that other thing we were watching. Today. Yeah, we've watched like five documentaries this week and um, I love Rocky. Mm -hmm. I love it, but the rocky elitists have ruined it for me because they're not no one's doing it pure enough. yeah it's not pure as it should be and you can't just enjoy the film anymore and that's what like i think is killing a lot of movie type stuff it's like ah oh, well oh. it's like you know and going to joe bob's group on facebook and i can enjoy a lot of the content that people post in there but it's like every week, it's like a constant series of complaining and whining, and it's like, really? It's like, you can't just skip over this fucking post if you don't like it. I mean, really? There have been, I mean, honestly, we don't love every I, movie that Joe Bob posts, but we enjoy... The best part is, you don't have to watch the movie full out. When you're watching it live, Joe Bob pipes in every 30 minutes 
and he drops knowledge. Like he oh, just yeah. has like all yeah. these and it's interesting always interesting. facts. That's the whole reason. Like I don't even care about any one of these movies. I will never watch them again. But Joe Bob has like the most interesting bits of information from each film that he does, and I like hearing it. I like hearing his stories. And you know, even if Chris Jericho didn't really add much, you know, I'm not whining or pissing and moaning. And I'm about not. It. We are not saying he didn't add much. We liked. Yeah, I like his commentary. People. People on the internet are saying Chris Jericho right. didn't add enough. And now they're like, some person's like, oh, well, he apparently likes Trump as a Republican. I'm like, who gives a fuck? It has nothing to do with what happened last night. Not a fucking single thing. So if you're going to start bringing in politics about it, get the fuck off the page. I'm serious. I, I get so tired of that. It's like, his political beliefs have nothing to do with anything from Your political night. beliefs do not equal your entertainment beliefs. Right. I mean... Quit being a fucking piece of shit soft ass and quit worrying about A soft about ass? Hey, now. soft ass. <laughs> it's just so sad. Like, I get so tired of it, dude. It's so ridiculous. Not everything is political. It doesn't Honestly, have to be. You don't have just, to like his politics, but he wasn't even talking about anything He wasn't. Political. He was talking about the movie and talking about the horror genre. And, and People like, are just fucking babies, man. Huge fucking babies about everything. It's like uh, so tiring. But I, 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 this is what I've learned because being an early smartphone adapter, meaning I was one of the noobs who were waiting in line for the first iPhone because you didn't even get a smartphone probably for five or six years until after I already had mine. And there are a lot of people who were like that. They're like, no, 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 no. It's fine. I don't need a smartphone. What I'm seeing now, because a smartphone is basically ubiquitous. It doesn't matter if it is a Samsung or an, an Apple or a Google phone, etc. Uh, things was shot on Super 8. Oh, Things was on Super 8. Yeah. The, um... It went commercially released on VHS. Got it. All right. Sorry, sorry. No, what, what I was trying, my, my point being is, I think... I guess it was 2007 when the iPhone came out. And for me, 2007 doesn't feel that long ago because I'm old. However, it's 2021. And there are people who have never lived without a smartphone, if you think about it, or people who their first phone was a smartphone. I feel like now that everybody has like a baby computer in their pocket, Everything that you do, it's like your life is more online than it and than it is in real life. So you go online and you've got these big balls, and you're just typing on your little phone, but you'll say whatever you want to say instead of like really realizing, you know, you'd never say this. I mean, come on, who would have the balls to go up to Chris Jericho and be like, you added nothing to Joe Bob's show? Or if you had to make the effort to well, sit down and write a letter well, the and same mail thing it is, in. Like, I've seen like, people who comment about it. Like, they like, oh, uh, Jericho's a poser because he doesn't have like deep knowledge of horror. I, dude, you know me. You've known me for over two, almost 20 years. 
I have a bunch of horror. I love horror films, and I watch a lot of different horror films, but I couldn't give you, like, every bit of information on each one of them. I just don't have that kind of knowledge. No! You're like, I don't know who the producer is of as much as I love My Rainbow Tears Have Just Died. Like, Right. I, you know, I love music and metal and rock and everything. I, I do these shows, and I have the station. I still couldn't give you every bit of information you've ever had on every band. I just can't do it. I don't have that kind of knowledge. Uh, I'm always eager to learn both you know that's why joe bob's there i learned that's why we watch all those documentaries we want to hear people like we want to learn things but i feel like people have gotten since 2007 when it when the iphone was invented it just think about how mean people have gotten if that's the right way to put it like people are meaner people are ballsier you would never and and it's less effort because you just go on Twitter or Facebook and write something mean to somebody and the, the the game is over. You would never before the effort would had to be like you either write an email. This is again still digital era, but or previously you would have had to write an actual letter, send it and mail it to get your opinion heard. Like if you're writing a letter to the right. editor in the newspaper. That took effort, and now it's so... Look, here, I'm picking up my phone right now, and I'm going on Twitter, and I'm going to tell Chris Jericho I thought he was awesome. And I can do that in 30 seconds. People are doing that now. They just... They know it doesn't take a lot of effort to be angry. So now they're just projecting all their anger or their snarkiness or their bitterness all over things to try and shit on you. Back to what I was saying about the Rocky Horror Purists. I just enjoy it. I like the movie. But there are people who are like... And I love the floor show and I love dressing up and I love doing the props and stuff. But if you don't do something right or if you don't say the right thing, you're just like, oh, you're a poser. Oh my god. And I'm like, it's a movie for entertainment. You're ruining an experience that, like... I first experienced when I was 17 in high school and went to a midnight showing of Rocky Horror. How awesome was it, I don't know how many years ago this was, when we saw our friend Jeff do Dr. Frankenfurter at the DC Pride Rocky Horror show, right? Right. Awesome. Amazing. Beyond amazing. Why can't we just enjoy it? Like, well, it's not even just that. Like, you know, look. Sometimes when we watch stuff, we're like, ah, just not really into it. But we'll just go move on to something we'll just, else. Yeah, we'll just be like, it wasn't The people that thing. apparently are like these big fans of Joe Bob that complain all the time, like, dude, just change the fucking channel. Uh -huh. Be a fucking grown up. If you don't like what you're looking at, don't care for Jericho being on there, just change the fucking channel. Quit watching. Quit bitching about it, though. Like, it, it's so stupid. Like, it's okay to have an opinion on something, but when you're constantly fucking whining... It tells me that you don't really like the show. You don't like what he's doing. So get the fuck off. You're ruining it for everybody else. Just... Here's another thing. Here's another thing related. The whole reason the the Snyder Cut came out. Because bitch, people were. People were bitching. They're like, it should have been Zack Snyder. Should have been. Z so guess what happened? He got to release his five hour long movie. And they're like. Oh, this is what we wanted. And, and I haven't even watched it yet because I don't know if I have the four and a half hours to commit to it. I might I need to break it I up. I got two hours in. I was like, there's not really much different for me because 
for me, it's more about the actors involved and not so much the story. So I'm like, I, if I can't relate to the, if I can't relate or like the characters portraying or the actors portraying these characters, then I'm not really going to get into it. And really, I've told everyone, other people about this, like, people are still big Zack Snyder fans with different things, like Armory of Dead, there are people that like that. There's other people that are trashing it. Yeah, but we... But I haven't liked anything since Watchmen. I was going to say, we love Watchmen. that's going back to 2009. So, really, he's hit or miss with me. And so far since 2009, he's missed on everything that he's done for me. People are free to like it, but, like, it's just funny. I'm not going to sit there all day on the web, though, and, and bitch and complain about it. Like, I just wasn't for me. So if it's not for me, I'm just going to fucking move on to something else. And you don't go online and be like, fuck you, Zack Snyder. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck do you know? <laughs> right, I'm not going to go into a, a Zack Snyder, you know, fan group and start, like, bitching and moaning about it. It's just fucking petty. Just quit. This is the idea. I mean, People just I, don't know how to be what happened, fucking adults. What happened to the thing where, like, everybody's taste preference may not be the same. Like, I don't care for country music, but I'm not going to go and be like, fuck all you hillbilly motherfuckers, because guess what? There are a couple of country songs that I heard, and I'm like, wow, that was a beautiful voice, or man, that was touching. I'm not going to be a bitch to somebody just because my taste preference is not the same. I'm never... I saw a guy in my mom's neighborhood today. I don't know if you saw him when we kind of pulled up. He's outside, waxing his truck, got the country music blaring. I'm not going to roll down the window and be like, fuck you, you hillbilly. Take that shit elsewhere. Right. Fuck that music. No, but we do it online. You know why we do it online? Because we ain't have any balls. It's easy to do it online. Why don't you say that Keyboard in person? warriors, as they say. Right? Yeah. I would never be that. I mean, mean, no one's really going out of their way to threaten Jericho. I mean, he'd probably beat their asses anyway. Right. But, but the reality is, like, it's just I, I, you know, you're bringing up shit about his personal political beliefs that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that happened last night on the show. And again, he was pleasant on the show. He was happy. Everything was good. I thought it was a great appearance. Right. I, I have no problem with it. Uh, and you know, sure, I like. I would love to see. Uh, you know, other actors or directors on there. When, they, when they, you know, they had Jeffrey Combs on there a couple weeks ago. That was fun. But, you know, like, it's not going to be a Grand Slam every single time. And even JBB, like, at the end, he's like, I think he really was kind of worried that people were going to stop watching the show after this. And I'm like, well, if they do, then they were never fans to begin with. And we're kind of new to him. So I'm just like... You're doing something different. You're trying to give us a little bit of a history lesson. The movies are bad. We we agree to that. Uh, but there's there is they were impactful for certain reasons, and the history is there, and the research is there, and that's what I like it. The for. guy um, who did the first movie, um, shit, uh, Sledgehammer, he ended up making what did Joe Bob say? Like a hundred direct to VHS recorded on VHS movies. Yeah, something like that. Something crazy, and he, he was a trailblazer. Now, granted, this is what he did. It was, he crafted it, and he was the one who started the whole, like, direct-to-VHS. Well, no, they said uh, the guy from Thing Things was the actual first, but Sledgehammer 
what was his damn name? The director. I have to look it up right now. Um, it starts with a P. I can't because uh, the brothers. Um, yeah, I just you know, uh, it just kind. Of, I mean, Ted it's, Pryor. No, yeah. that's that. One one of them is the director and one's the, the actor. David Pryor. Okay, so David Pryor. He had he went on to just and granted it it looked like a cheesy thing that you you kind of like did with a bunch of your sorority sisters that's literally it looked like something you just recorded yourself for fun like but he really crafted i mean he he got his his i think they said joe bob said last night um was it about sledgehammer was the first no it's sledgehammer Sledgehammer was the first movie he said that the director had, like, years later, watched it and said, man, I could have done a way better job with this. And But, it, you know, and it's funny because Joe Bob said it was, like, a learning experience for him. So, uh, you know, those are the kind of cool things that I dig about the show. Like, I, I don't like every movie that's on there. And sometimes, like, I think we started watching the fried berry film like before we even watched Joe Bob that night mm-hmm. and that ended up being the second movie so we didn't even bother watching the second movie uh probably we could always go back and watch the rerun but you know see what he was going to say about it but you know it it's not always got if I if I if we come across a film he does and not really interested in it we'll just go do something else watch something else or whatever but nobody knows how to do that anymore nobody knows how to just be like it's not for me i'm just gonna leave it alone and, yeah, I mean, and during watch the show, something i care for i'll get it during the show i'll get online sometimes and i'll just make a couple of comments like oh yeah i really like this or you know i'm not really feeling this movie but i'm not gonna spend you know an entire page like dissing it or like fuck you motherfuckers crying about it like it just it makes no sense like it's it's pointless anyway anyway, i'm sorry we're ranting now god i just had a rant meal and now i'm gonna follow it up with a rant beer (laughs) so we're gonna get back to another block of music uh grand sounds gave us a band called orbstruct which will be in there uh new stuff from guzerat which is pretty cool but we're kicking off some classic critical disaster Sacred ancient statue of Tokak Kerat.
What's up everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up. Okay, we're back. Tell me about it. So before we get into the Samurai Guy versus episode, uh, there was a little article I wanted to mention because uh, obviously Neko and I are Styx fans. And so blabbermouth.net has a little article because, uh, you know, I, we always knew that Dennis and Tommy Shaw and them weren't getting along and that's why they split ways some time ago. But apparently for the last five or six years, Dennis and Young has been trying to get the band back together to do uh, a reunion tour. Because he honestly believes that Styx fans want to see the whole group together. I do. And yeah, I've never saw him live at any point, so certainly I would love to see this. Um, but I know that Tommy Shaw is uh, 
totally against it. And, and that's one thing that Dennis points out in the interview is that he's tried to get it going and Tommy keeps shooting it down. Uh, some of the PR people have been trying to go through back channels to get some interest and they just keep getting shot down. Uh, Sticks is actually getting ready to release a new record soon uh, with Tommy Shaw and some of the other people they've got involved now. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it, 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 according to Dennis, or at least to people, Tommy just is done. He doesn't really feel like they need to go back. Wait, wait. Tommy is done or Dennis is done? Tommy is done. Like he, Tommy has said, we don't need Dennis. We're fine. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he doesn't want to go back backwards, as he would call it. He wants to just go straight forward with the lineup they have and... He seems to be happier. And I think one of the things Tommy has mentioned is that the people that he plays with now, everyone's happy, everyone gets along. And, and it was a lot of drama when Dennis was around. Right. So, yeah, from Tommy's perspective, it's like... And you Dennis know, was the one who was like, oh, fuck you people, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. So, one could look at it and says, well, is Dennis just trying to make a money grab here? Or what is he doing? Uh, you know, I think for you and I, as much as we'd want to see this, we'd want to see it if everybody was on board, if everybody was cool with it. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's like saying to ourselves, uh, if we wanted to see Journey with Perry, like, the new guy is great. Um, but if, you know, the band said, well, uh, to the new guy, I can't remember his name offhand, I feel bad. If they said, hey, do you mind if Perry comes along on this tour and we just kind of do with you both singing with the band, would it be cool? If they both said, great. That'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But if, obviously, if it created friction with the new singer, then I would understand. And, like, you know, you don't do that. You don't piss off your new singer to just make way for the old yeah, guy. Yeah, for, like, one tour. Right. So it's just a matter of everyone being on board for that. Like, even if Tommy's happy with the way the band is now, if everybody say, hey, look, Tommy, you know, maybe we can go ahead and do this and just have fun with it for the time being, then... Dennis will be done with it after the year or whatever and we just go back doing our thing but you know if Tommy feels like Dennis is going to be a pain in the fucking ass <laughs> you may not want to do that right so that, that makes sense for that so that's a bit of a, uh, just something that I wanted to pass along because clearly Dennis wants to do it but Tommy right now is not on board with that I'm not sure about Taylor or any of the other guys they don't really mention a lot of them about it but alright so as we talked about earlier, and you guys heard us talk about the Fast Samurai guy, his show, um, Versus, where he takes two movies and pits them against each other. Generally, they're either the same type of genre, or uh, in this case, it, both movies deal with one particular actor in Nicolas Cage. The movie's called The Rock, as well as Con Air. Mm-hmm. And both were released a year apart from each other. And it was a very good debate. He had um, his special guest was uh, Hall of Famer and author Rick Myers. Uh, there's a guy named Frank who's a former marketing manager of Tai Sing, uh, actor Frankie Pozos, and filmmaker Master Chaos, who has his own channel as well. And those are those regulars, the guys. I love Rick Myers. I, I, he's awesome when he's on there. We were there with him when we talked about the Warlock vs. Mm-hmm. Wishmaster uh, episode. So. This is one of these episodes where I do wish Samurai would have reached out and say, Hey, yo, noob, man, you want to come in on this? Yeah. Aww. Well, he, he, I don't think he realized. No, he knows that like we still want to kind of do The Warlock too. We just haven't really figured out what movie we're going to do it with. I mean, but he's a busy guy. He really is. He's, he does 
he puts a lot of work into this shit, and he probably loses sleep over a lot of it because he's constantly editing and doing all this other stuff. He's very talented. Uh, even Lady Fabulous kind of got her side thing with right now, where she's doing her little paintings and. and I stuff love like that. that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but you know, in this episode, two very good movies. Uh, obviously, The Rock also had uh, Sean Connery um, being. Uh, Fuck, can't remember his first name, but uh, no, no, yeah. Who? Shit, hold on. You, let me uh, look it up real quick. Okay, so I'll pad. <laughs> hey, so The Rock and Con Air are really great movies. I don't know if I could pick. Right. Okay, so yeah, I just I can't fucking remember his name. Who are you talking? Ed about? Harris. Thank oh you. Oh my god. I know. How bad is that? That's what happens though. I always do that shit. But then, of course, you have um, Con Air, and and this is an interesting point about this. Is what I was going to bring out last night is Con Air was actually the Expendables before it was. We had the Expendables because you think, yeah, you think it, it had Nicolas Cage, John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi, John Cusack, Ving Rhames, uh, Danny Trejo. There was just a slew of big name actors in this film. Uh, Chris Rock was in it. Uh, or no, sorry, Dave Chappelle. Sorry about that. Uh, I fucked that up. But you had all these big names in it. And uh, they are... The one thing that Master Chaos... Because Master Chaos, he says he enjoyed Con Air, but doesn't really like it. Not compared to The Rock. And my biggest argument for that, for Con Air, was that... Yeah, they both have action in them. But one is actually meant as a real action movie. The other one, The Rock, was more of like a thriller... Uh, drama type thing because it was more serious content. Like Con Air, whilst trying to be serious, wasn't because you just had so many one-liners. Uh, Malkovich was brilliant in there as Cyrus the Virus. That's uh, right. There, you know, just so many things in this movie, and you know, Nick, Nick Cage doing, you know, why didn't you just put the bunny back in the box? You know, and so. When Chaos is kind of going off on Con Air about how it just it seemed too stupid to him or generic, the reality is that's the way it was meant to be. And But see, that's the thing. For my type of action, I do love The Rock. It's a very good film. But I like stupid action. I like stuff like Commando. I like stuff like Rambo. Or I don't want to use Rambo, but um, Tango and Cash. You know, those are stupid action films. Uh, because there's just there's a lot of comedy mixed in with it. Uh, they're not meant not meant to be taken overly serious. Whereas the content with the Rock, you had like, uh, you know, they were dealing with the. It was like a whole conflict. It was a terrorist, and they had all the people locked up inside of Alcatraz. And... Yeah, the, the bonds are mm -hmm. like uh, like poison or something. I, I forget what they called them, but. Yeah, it was real serious content. Like, people really could die from this, and they were treating it that way. Um, obviously, you had just a few funny bits from Connery and Cage in there, but the overall feel between both is a lot different. So, I had to ask myself, like, out of the two, which one would I watch the most more? It'd be Con Air. Uh, it's just a fun movie. Like, and, and you know what? I think I've watched Con Air more in the last, you know, 10 years than I have The Rock. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't like The Rock, because I love Sean Connery, and I like Nicolas Cage, but I feel like 
Con Air has been something. I mean, we've listened to podcasts about Con Air, so. Yeah. So for those that don't really know, you know, Con Air is basically uh, Nick Cage plays a, a, a former soldier who got out and was reuniting with his wife. They have a little girl. And one night on his way, his, his night back, they go out, him and the wife go out to a bar to celebrate. Gets into a bar fight, ends up killing a man, not really on purpose, but just because the man was harassing his wife. So he kills the man because uh, he has the skills to do that. And of course, the judge is like, you know, despite your service to the country, you know, the la la la, you just your your actual weapon. So they sent him to prison for a couple of years or whatever it was. And he gets out one day, and he's going to be flying on this plane that's designed to carry these other inmates to another location. Well, the plane gets hijacked. Uh, Cyrus is the one that's kind of leading this this revolution on the plane. Uh, so you got all this going on. And Cusack is like a a detective or a policeman who is ensuring that another prisoner. Uh, is being, he's like a drug guy or something, but he's he's being also flown on this plane. Mm-hmm. And so he butts heads with the other guy who's like an FBI guy who wants a secret uh, agent on there with a gun, which, you know, they, they bat heads there a little bit. Anywho, uh, shit goes south, of course. You'll probably figure that out. And Nick Cage has to step up and try to save the day while not giving away you know, who he is. Like, they, he, everyone thinks he's just another convict. So, he's got to try to do this uh, without tipping off Cyrus until the end when, of course, he can no longer hide it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it, it's got a lot of great funny moments. We, you know, we talk about the bunny rabbit. That, it was it was a present for his daughter, who girl. he hadn't even seen yet. Who was young, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, there's a moment where Cyrus has the bunny. He's like... Do it again, and the bunny gets it. You know, just it's funny shit. So I just thought it was funny because you know I could have made a lot of arguments for Con Air on those reasons because they are two different types of action movies. They're not really on the same level. Uh, they're not meant to evoke the same response uh, as a viewer. Um, the Rock is a very good film, no doubt about it. Very well made. Uh, I like it a lot. I saw that. I saw them both in the theater, so that just shows you how much I liked them. But mm-hmm. Con Air is definitely one of those films that I just have more fun with, and it, it goes back to all the Schwarzenegger and the Stallone stuff, and you know, just stuff like that. Like you know that even though it has some serious content, for the most part, it's just a lot of fun and a blast. So it's just cool. Anyhow, you got any thoughts on that? I'm 100% in agreement with you. Like, I love Con Air. I, and I think I go back to Con Air more than I do The Rock. Yeah. Like... I think I thought it was funnier because Samurai did post the poll from the Dojo Army. Because he does that for every verse as they vote on which one they think will win or what mm-hmm. they like. And surprisingly, The Rock won by, like, miles. But as far as, like, the panel, like, they had five of them. So they all voted and two went for The Rock and, of course... Three, including Samurai, went for Con Air. And at first, Samurai was like, yeah, you know, I was going in, I was thinking I was going to vote this, but then I went with this, and I thought he was going to go for The Rock. And then I guess he was really big on The Rock and changed his mind. 
Which is good. I, I, I agree with the, the stance. I You know, again, I think that once you sit back and you understand, like, what both films are trying to achieve, mm-hmm. Con Air is just a much more fun film. That's what it's designed for. Um, but it depends on your mood. Like, if Chaos is more into stuff like The Rock or, say, like, Spy Game, which is another great film I love. I love Spy Game. Robert Redford. But they're all more serious. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it depends on the mood that you're in. But if I want to go and just have fun, I want to watch Commando and watch Arnie kick ass and, like, drop one-liners here and there, I'm going to do that. You know, that's that's my kind of film. That's the one where his daughter gets kidnapped? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alyssa Milano. <laughs> oh, yeah. Loudmouth, who talks a lot of shit these days, but we won't really yeah, judge. No, no, we're, we're, we won't judge we, her on her politics. What did we say about <laughs> politics earlier? Right? But uh, I, I love her as an actress, don't get me wrong. But that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Your beer's going to overflow. <gasps> it's good. Okay. We're good. I've drank enough, so I won't tip over. Oh my god, he does this thing where he drinks his beers and then he like slams them on the on the I mean, table. I, and I would like, say Psh. that it's like about suction, but that might sound really bad. <laughs> he loves to suck yeah. and blow. Nipples. <laughs> Alright, well, let's get back into some music. Alright, what we got coming up next? This is a black metal block. Oh, good. Consisting of yeah. Borg, An Autumn for Crippled Children, and Valandust. All new stuff. So here we go.
everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. Now? No! Get into it now! Thank you, Mr. Blake Harrison, for that liner. It's great. I love Blake. He's so awesome. He's fucking cool as shit. Great band, great dude. Uh, I love how, like, he doesn't realize how good the band is. Like, at some point, he's just, he's like, yeah, I'm just like a regular dude, and we're all regular dudes. No, I think he realizes how good they are, but, like, he just, he's very humble. Like, it's, you know, that's But the they, thing. they all are. They're just kind of yep. like, yeah, we work regular jobs, but we also like to do the band thing, too. And I'm like, the band itself right. is amazing. Like... <laughs> Oh, I love Pig Destroyer. Yeah, they're great. I, just everything that Blake's involved with. He does, you know, Hate Beak and Zealot R.I.P. And just, he has some other little projects he's done that are really cool. Uh, fun guy to be around. I need to hang out with him soon, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he did come over not that long ago, so that was very nice. Yeah. So we're going to get into our rock block here. Ooh. Uh, a couple tracks from Dr. Music Records and MDRP. Metal Devastation Radio. Neko's Pick of Week is in there. Yeah, it's one of Scotty's Pick of the Week, too. <laughs> uh, some new stuff from JD Overdrive, Seven Ravens, and also uh, Natal Pride sent us a track over. So, a lot of good stuff for you all. And we're going to kick it off with JD Overdrive. This is Come Full Circle. <laughs>
everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio.
Alright. Natal Pride, Night Lord. We are now here with Neko's pick of the week. <laughs> and I guess she has some stories for you. So, I love this band, and the best part about this band is I forget how many songs that they've come up with. I mean, I'm like, oh my god, that's them, that's them, that's them. So, anyway, many, many years ago, my mom bought tickets for Anubis and I for Christmas to go see Cheap Trick in concert. And it was probably one of the most fun and slightly romantic nights that we've ever had. And it was a really cool concert. Do you remember? It mm -hmm. was at Ram's Head. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't sold out, which surprised me. And it was just, like, a group of us together listening to Cheap Trick and loving the music. We had such a good time. I mean, amazing. And, of course, they closed out with my pick of the week. And it's also one of DJ Anubis' favorite songs, because DJ Anubis loves Cheap Trick, too. And... <laughs> The whole way home, <laughs> DJ Anubis, he had a couple of beers, and I'm really surprised I let him drive home, because he doesn't really drink like I do. I drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink, and he has, like, one or two beers, and he's like, I'm good. But he kept drinking because we were having such a good time, and the whole way home, he's singing what he thinks he's singing the song. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, get it out of your I'm system. trying to because it was so fucking funny. <laughs> so we're driving home and he doesn't know all the words to the song. All he knows is the dream police. And he's going, the dream police, na, 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 na. the dream police, the dream police. <laughs> and then we went to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, this is, you gotta realize, this is 35 minutes of him singing the dream police. Na, 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 na. So we could have our whoppers, and he's singing the dream police to the person at the window. It was amazing. It was one of the most fun nights that we've ever had, and he even acknowledges it's probably the most drunk he's ever been at a show, because he, normally I'm the drunkie, and he's the one who has to drive home. Right. So, oh, there was one other time. I, I don't remember what show it was. I'm just drinking, you know, casually, and I'm and he's drinking, 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 drinking. Oh, is that the uh, the CPAP incident? Yes. <laughs> oh shit! That was that night. Oh, Crap. Right. So I had a couple of drinks, and he had a couple of drinks, but he had way too many drinks. And I'm driving home, and I'm panicking because I'm. Me, when I drink and drive, I don't, I will, I will call an Uber 
I am like a two drink limit person before I get behind the wheel. It is a tried and true thing. And I had maybe had four drinks, but I was not like, you know, plastered. So I'm like, all right, I will drive us home. I did not drink that much. Homeboy here drank and drank and drank and then came home and drank and drank and kept drinking, 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 just, just nonstop. And this is when he used to need to use a CPAP because he, um, he used to have sleep apnea, so he put the, the mask on and he got sick <laughs> on himself into the mask all over the bedroom. I had to clean up everything. I don't know how I got him into the bedroom because I'm only 5'2 and he's 6 foot. So how I drug his big ass up the steps and this she is... pushed me from behind. I mean, and this is like when you were like 150 pounds heavier. Yeah. Like, I got him upstairs, got him in bed, he threw up over everything and I'm like, this was fun, right? Right? And the funny thing is like, dude, that mask, like... Even though he cleaned it up and everything, for like days it still smelled like vomit. So I couldn't wear it. Like I just can't do it. Cause I'll puke again. It was that bad. It was. It, it was the memory of how sick you got to. Ironically, the beer I'm drinking is what I was drinking that night. <gasps> oh baby, our youth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this week I I picked. Cheap Trick, the Dream Police, because it reminded me so much of a few nights out with my man. And it was amazing. Our concert experience was amazing. Our Burger King Whoppers were amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, these are when you're pretty drunk. I mean, everything that night was fantastic. It was like the perfect concert, the perfect date night, the perfect drunk food night. We were... Drunk food. Drunk food. Like Joe Bob would call Yeah, it. like Joe Bob. I mean, we just had such a good time. And I know we've gone to a lot of really great concerts, but a lot of them just kind of like, I, I forget like where we were and because we go to a lot of the same venues. Right. But I remember this concert so distinctly because... It's, we, well, it's kind of really out of our norm, like, because uh, mostly it's metal that we go to, but... Every once in a while, we'll go to something that kind of stands out, like Ghost. Like, that will always stand out more because they're a different type of band compared to most. So, yeah, both Ghost concerts, the one we saw, the acoustic one inside of um, Soundgarden, and then when we saw them at um, the Fillmore, fantastic. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, you know, your mom got me these tickets, and, you know, we love classic rock and stuff like that from the 80s and 70s, and. We don't see many bands from that era, so when we saw Cheap Trick, it's like, oh, wow, this is really cool because, you know, they're playing a, a small venue and, you know, it's not that packed because, uh, you know, bands not as hip as they were, like, 30 years ago, but that's kind of the cool thing is you finally get to see the band that created all this great music throughout those that time period, so, you know, we really enjoyed it, but it stands out because it's different than most of the stuff that we normally see anyway. And we loved it. I mean, God. That's why every time I hear this song, it's so upbeat. And then it takes me back to that night. Like, I I feel like I can remember the entire night. Like, all the songs. 
he and I, like, just dancing around, having a good time. Um, you know, I ran to the bar I don't know how many times, just getting us drinks, and it felt very intimate and, and fantastic. And I love, because my mom is really into classic rock and classic metal, and she's like, do you guys like cheap drink? Of course we do! So... When we went to the concert, we our expectations were just kind of like I don't yeah, want to say, I don't want to say minimum, but we were just not like we expected to go and to hear their hits. But when we went, because the band was like sometimes you mingling. see a band and like the sound is not there, or like their their voices and playing isn't up to snuff. But then there's other times you're like blown away. Like we saw. We actually saw Gorgira at the same venue, and they sounded amazing uh, at in there. And Ramsey is usually pretty good, but like the best venue is probably the Fillmore, and it's like, but it's like it's a bit of a drive. Well, but r- remember um, when Megadeth was playing at Ramshead? People complained. They well, first Dave Mustaine was like, "This is shit." Yeah. No, and he canceled the concert. And then they rescheduled for like what a couple of days later or something, and I he was very unhappy with the sound and the sound mixing. So it, it's it's really in, interesting because here's Cheap Trick and they they were just probably doing a tour and decided to stop at Ramshead Live and sounded fantastic. And it was it was funny that night. I kept looking at him saying. I forgot about this song. I forgot about this song. And that's the one thing I really feel bad about Cheap Trick because most people think about them and they think about, I want you to want me. Right? Isn't that like their, their like, you know, signature song? Watch Joe Dirt. (laughs) And there's about 20 Cheap Trick songs in the movie. And again, such a great band, such a great night, and to commemorate that evening and commemorate DJ Anubis with his love of Cheap Trick and the Dream Police, here is Cheap Trick with the Dream Police. <laughs> Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow and we will break new ground. From the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week.
awake, they won't let me alone They don't get paid to take vacations, I'll let me alone They spy on me, I try to hide, they won't let me alone They persecute me, then the judge and jury are
DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite atomic breathing lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaboration with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y Sci-Fi Century Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla related information Peace Alright, we're back We're back Good rock lock there, a lot of good stuff I think so too so, got a few uh, news bits. All right, tell me about your news. About the entertainment industry with movies and stuff. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. First um, one is about John Wick 4. That's coming out apparently May 27, 2022. Okay. So, the first three films have done really well, obviously. Uh, Ken Allen Reeves has sort of reinvented himself a little bit with this. He's become almost uh, action hero-esque. Yeah, but he's, I mean... I mean, he's done action films, but, like, now it's like he's got, like, a real character that he's really building upon. Like, I thought when John Wick came out, I thought, okay, well, it's a really good movie. Maybe it's one and done, but he's man, they managed to write a good series out of it because I've enjoyed every installment of it so far. Aren't they still working on the next Matrix, too? Yeah, that should be coming or, out what, soon. Well, it's Matrix 4, and they're just calling it not The Matrix, but Matrix, Right. right? Yeah, so like in the third John Wick film, the main adversary was Mark Tacascos from Brotherhood of the Wolf, you mm -hmm. know, who played Manny. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that was really good. So, That's why you like it so much. I have not seen John Wick 3 because I was away and you and our neighbor went yeah, to see it. Yeah, it came out in theaters, so we thought we'd go and check it out. Um, I think one day I just spent the whole day kind of like I did with Born Identity and just watched them watch all. Watched them films. all? Yeah. I could do that. It's I'd like to do that. It's a lot of fun. They're fun movies. We did that one time with Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. That and took, I a, that took a couple the entire days time. Off. You can't even watch those in one day without mm -hmm. stopping. Um, and Lord of the Rings. We did that with Lord of the Rings. I did that in one day. That was just the first three, though. That was Lord of the Rings. Like, trying to do all six of them now? Yeah, I don't think I can get away with that. So, John Wick 4, obviously, is coming out. Chapter 4. Um... The main news here is that Donnie Yen, who played Ip Man... Oh, we love Donnie. Yeah, so he's going to be in the movie, not not as an adversary, though. He's going to be one of Keanu's friends. Shut that, up! Nope. So he's going to have uh, history with Keanu Reeves' character, John Wick, and mm -hmm. have some same enemies. So this will be kind of cool, because Donnie's a really good actor and martial artist, so we'll have a lot of fun with that. I'll be looking for that for sure. Uh... In the world of TV, if you like what we do in the shadows, mm -hmm. they've got okay for a third season coming Yay! in September. And uh, their description here is in season three, after the shocking season two finale, we find the housemates in a panic about what to do with Guillermo. Is that how you pronounced it? Guillermo. Guillermo. After discovering that he's a vampire killer. 
Uh, this season, the vampires are elevated to a new level of power and will encounter the vampire from which all vampires have descended, a tempting siren. Gargoyles, werewolf kickball, that should be funny. Oh my god. Uh, Atlantic City Casinos, wellness, oh shit. wellness cults, <gasps> ex-girlfriends, gyms, and supernatural curiosities I galore. like when they, they, they always, the ball, remember the ball? And, and, and then they took their familiars and remember the one girl who pretended she was a vampire but she really wasn't? Oh my god. I love this fucking show. And of course, Nandor. Faced with his own eternal life crisis, tries to inject his life with more meaning. Will he find love, or is he destined to be an immortal bachelor with 37 ex-wives? <laughs> so that that I, that show, like when we saw the movie, we were totally in love with it. We weren't sure how the show would go. The show's been very funny. Uh, well, the best... It took a moment to kind of get used, because it's not the same characters from the movies, but they actually appeared in an episode with them. Which was a lot of fun. That was the one where they were in the council? Yeah. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> I mean, they, I they, they pulled out every freaking every vampire. Every vampire that you could think of. I mean, yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, can we watch that episode when we are done this? Just go to that episode of what I we did. I can find it. Um, yeah, it, it might be able to get somewhere on YouTube or something like that. Also, uh, and just and DVD news... Uh, when the new Mortal Kombat comes out and Blu-ray and 4K UHD, uh, July 13th, so soon, um, it's going to include, uh, from game to screen, making Mortal Kombat featurette, uh, 11 Mortal Kombat fan-favorite characters, fight choreography, deleted scenes, which is something that's interesting because I didn't know how many deleted scenes they'd actually have, and intro the crypt, Easter eggs, and Mortal Kombat, so... There's going to be a lot of different things added to the, the DVD, which, you know, people might be interested in. Because I know, on some level, we all kind of enjoyed it, but at the same time, we were all kind of let down we a little bit. We wanted more. Yeah, so, uh, I'm not sure what the deleted scenes will add. Uh, if it adds a lot, people are going to be like, why the fuck didn't you just put this shit in the movie? Um, but you never know. But that that's some of the stuff that's going to be happening. I told you there was a rumor with Mortal Kombat, the game... For some DLC downloadable content, content that they were thinking about Ash. adding Ash yeah. from Evil Dead, and it would kind of fit in because we've got like Spawn, Rambo. I mean, like we've got everybody, and it, it seems like this um, Mortal Kombat DLC type characters are the '80s horror slash action because we have the Terminator. I mean, who else do we have? Uh, well, there's more coming 11 that I play and it's you've got Rambo, you've got Terminator, the Joker, which is interesting because Injustice 2, which is a game based around DC Comics, uh, they actually have Raiden and Sub-Zero as guest fighters in that game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting that... Uh, MK11 has some of these added. And, of course, they got the voices, which is really cool, too. So. The literal voices. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, but the movie itself was good. It had a lot of promising stuff in it. Just some of the stuff was too fast. Uh, there's a character for Cole Young that no one really cares about. But that was another thing, too. Like, why didn't they make Cole Young a character? Why couldn't you download Cole Young in Mortal Kombat? Well, see, I I don't know where gonna where they're gonna go with his character. I know, but they made a movie 
about Mortal Kombat, and Cole Young was the protagonist. So, but the thing why is, not in the game make Cole Young an actual character? I think really because he's just uninteresting. I think. Uh, I think he's uninteresting uninter- too. They probably should just stuck with Scorpion's storyline, just ran with it. Everybody would have been happy with but that. He's I think. Part of Scorpion's storyline. He didn't have to be. <laughs> You can you can change up that script any way you want. Cold ain't have to be a blip on the radar, but but that seems to be kind of the, the, the common complaint with movies in general, is that every time we get into a movie nowadays, there's always got to be a family involved. Like you have your protagonist, and like oh, but he's got a wife and daughter. Like we don't we don't really care. We don't need them. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be in every story that we see. I get it. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But, you know, maybe the DVD will enlighten us with some other stuff that we weren't aware of. I love extras. I really do. And I have, um, this is not Mortal Kombat, but I have the the Gilmore Girls. um, And a lot of what the Gilmore Girls, um, like, their banter is all, like, one-liners and pop culture references. And what's kind of funny is it's kind of like the pop-up video thing when you watch it with the 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 like extras in it and it'll tell you like oh they're referencing David Bowie or you know like because they'll make a comment about something and you're like if you don't know the comment it doesn't kind of like make you laugh or make you understand so having these Mortal Kombat extras might give us a little uh, insight because maybe this will be like the Snyder cut of Mortal Kombat, and we'll be like, put the put the deleted scenes in. But we saw how much we liked Kano and his his cadence and 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 humor. Maybe there's like a whole Kano thing that we missed, and we're like, fuck, that was great. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what the DVD holds. I'm also waiting for. Uh, Kong versus Godzilla to come on DVD. You'll be getting that as well. Of course you. You just scored like a massive DVD haul today from my dad too. Right. Oh my God, we have DVDs that, I mean, stuff we haven't watched in a long time and stuff. I mean, well, I've never watched a new Battlestar Galactica. I was, I was getting like, ready to say that we haven't ever seen any of the new Battlestar Galactica. I mean, it's so new, he didn't even open it. So mm-hmm. like, there's like two or three seasons there. I don't know how long it went, but. I'll check it out. You know, it might be interesting. Uh, I've always known about it, but I just never sat and watched it. So maybe that's something we'll dive into at some point. All right. All right. What's next? Tell me. So we got uh, Twisted Miss provided by Music Records. Woohoo! Uh, some classic Oak Pantheon, which is a great band. And then we're going to kick off some brand new stuff for Panopticon. Uh, Moth Eaten Soul. We'll Ooh, I love moths.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you This is the Retro Movie Vault with your hosts DJ Anubis and DJ Neko only on Metal Tavern Radio. You haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these. Well, what about these two? Well, they suck. These are the same two movies? You weren't paying any attention. No, I wasn't. I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I appreciate your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon? Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. All right, now I just want you to stay in the car, okay? Your mom and I won't be very long. You sit still, we'll be back in a few minutes. All right? Come on, honey. Yes, dear. Which way was it? Uh, down here, to the right. <laughs> Take that, you scum sucking dog! <laughs> Want some candy? scene there from Predator 2. That is my favorite scene in Predator <laughs> I know. That's like, all you were talking about the entire time. I know. That scene. I know. Want some candy? Want some candy? <laughs> but you know, I was looking on Rotten Tomatoes today, curious about their ratings, and both the critics and the audience have given it lower than 45%. What? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think that's why Lady Fatblooded said that uh 
she likes it, but she, you know, she, there's a lot of people that don't like it. I'm like, I don't know why people came out of that not liking that film. Like, I don't really understand. I get it. It's not as good as the first one with Arnie, but... No, it's different right. than the first one. I mean, he's in, he's in town with a few days to kill. I mean, that's the tagline. That's what made it great about the second one. <laughs> he's in town for a few days to kill. So, uh, Predator 2, of course, for those that aren't familiar... Uh, follows the exploits of the Predator, uh, a different one, obviously, that is now uh, stalking L.A. and in the city, urban areas and whatnot. Uh, basically, just, you know, we have, like, factions of uh, gangs fighting uh, between the Scorpions and the, the Jamaicans and all this stuff, and in the mix of this, the Predator's what going through. the Jamaican, um... King Willie. King Willie, thank you. Uh, so the movie stars, of course, Danny Glover, he's our protagonist, also has Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonso, Bill Paxton, uh, Adam Baldwin, who, if you've ever watched the TV show Chuck, he's in there with that. Colonel Casey! Yep. Uh, it also, I just found out that, um, there's two individuals that were in the first Predator that made cameos in this film. First one being, um, what's the, um, the guy who plays El Scorpio at the beginning, the long-haired dude. Uh, Henry Kingy, I think, he's a stuntman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the long-haired dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm Scorpio! Or some shit like that beginning before he gets he's fucked like, up. He's like snorting copious amounts of cocaine. Dude, like massively. He went. They went in, loaded back up with rocket launchers, and then he took like a handful of cocaine and just yeah. went... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But apparently, uh, Elpidia Carrillo, who played Anna in the first part, she's the girl that survived in the first film, she has a cameo in Predator 2. I don't remember where, so I have to go back and sometime watch it again to see if I can find where she is in that film. Probably on the, the subway or some shit like that, but that's kind of cool. That a couple Maybe of... she's one of the um, the newscasters. Maybe. Uh, I know Kenji was also one of the gorillas from the first film that when they attacked the little mm-hmm. thing there. But uh, So yeah, basically uh, Glover, Blades, and uh, Alonzo, they're cops. Paxton's a new guy who comes in from out of town. He joins the the force. Uh, It's definitely a war zone in this area because he just got violence. Paxton walks in and he's like king shit. Like, (laughs) look at me swinging my dick. Yeah, and he learns very fast that Alonzo doesn't take kindly to guys trying to like flirt with her in that kind of way. So she's a seasoned vet uh, and they're all tight knit uh, it also has Gary Busey in it um, he plays an FBI agent who's actually studying and stalking the predator like they know of his, his existence and they're in a team with uh, Baldwin where they're trying to hunt it down learn its behaviors because they plan on capturing it now this isn't known to Glover and company early on uh, but Glover learns very fast that when Busey comes in, they're like supposed to like let the FBI handle all these killings that the Predator does on these gangs because they are studying and learning and whatnot. But Glover, of course, wants to get down to the bottom of it. You know, he doesn't care about the FBI; he just cares about trying to find the killer. And eventually, one of one of his team bites it from the Predator, so now it becomes more personal. Oh, to him. that's right! It was Danny Boy. Yep. 
So, yeah, obviously the movie, he's chasing this thing around, trying to cap, you know, find and catch it. He catches one moment where, because um, actually he loses another team member uh, on the subway when uh, Paxton and mm-hmm. Alonzo are on there trying to do something, and they, they get mixed up in a, a, a gunfight on the subway uh, with some thugs and whatnot, but... The predator approaches that and causes havoc. He and, went, yeah, and that's kind of when Danny Glover's character realizes that the predator's not giving a shit about who he's killing as long as you you have a weapon. This is something that we learned from the first film. Like if you're armed, he thinks it's fair game. Right. And everybody on the subway, because of how crazy L.A. had gotten, they, had they started permits, arming so. themselves. Right. That's why when the thugs are trying to wrestle the one dude, everyone else is pulling guns. We're like, oh, whoa, whoa, we don't need any hey weekend now. warriors here. We're cops. Go ahead and put your guns down. And then that's when the Predator shows up to create havoc. So uh, at that point, after that episode and we lose another team member, Glover's character goes and starts chasing this thing down. And, of course, he stopped uh, momentarily when Busey and company ram his car in and they can go through and explain what they're doing and how they're going to do it. Uh, Busey soon realizes he's in over his head when he tries to capture the thing, and it just becomes a shit show at that point. So the last 45 minutes or so, we are watching Danny Glover's character uh, chase down and fight the Predator uh, one-on-one. And but you have to, what we, the one thing you and I were talking about is in the first movie... It was the Predator versus a special ops force. Mm-hmm. And this, the the Predator, who, you know, it, it is an entire alien race that they're discovering, he found his, I guess, his target because he saw this cop, Danny Glover, who is, like, into his job and... At the beginning, when there it was the standoff between the Scorpios and the um, Jim, oh, well, it was actually it was the cops. They were the fighting cops the cops and the Scorpios. So he sees how he reacts to everything, and he's like, "This, this is what I I need." Like you can kind of like get the idea that the predator is like, "This is the the guy that I need to." Kinda... Yeah, for those of those that don't watch these movies, the predator is an alien species that thrives on hunting game. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be people or other alien creatures. We discover it at Predator 2 is actually the end of it's what actually launched the Alien vs. Predator series. So when you get to the end of the movie, you're going to see why. Um, it took many years for that to happen as far as movies are concerned. Yeah, because this came out Predator... This came out about 90. 90? And, uh... I think the first AVP came out in 2001 or something like that, somewhere in that range. Uh, But yeah, you know, one thing we talked about last night while watching it was that some people had said, mentioned that they maybe liked seeing somebody else in Danny Glover's role uh, be the protagonist. But I'm like, you know, this is the one thing that separates both movies is that. And the first one, Arnie and Gang are all like super military dudes, like they're they're a platoon of uh, soldiers. In this, you just have ordinary everyday cops, and they don't come across shit like this. 
I mean, not that soldiers did either, but the reality is, is that uh, I thought Glover did a really good job as a, just your average ordinary cop who goes to work and tries to do his best, and he, he's hard-headed, so that's why he succeeds. Uh, but I thought he did a really good job as well. As you mentioned, like if Patrick Swayze, who was actually mentioned to do the role, uh, had been in it, he'd probably been trying to do some sort of martial arts with the thing, and it's like. I don't think that's what we really need out of a cop. No, because the Predator is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And as funny as Danny Glover is, he is still terrified of the Predator and he is fighting for his life. Right. Like that whole end scene where they're fighting and then he's realizing like what he needs to do to get out of the situation, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like Pat... We, I love Swayze. Swayze is my man. But I feel like if they put Swayze in that, it would turn into somehow Patrick Swayze is... It could also be like a John Rambo situation. Exactly. Like, he would be somehow so powerful that he could overtake the Predator. Right. And what Danny Glover did is he, he knew he couldn't overtake the Predator... And when he finally was able to get some some ground, was because he took the um, the blade. Yeah, the uh, spear. Yeah, and and sliced off his arm. It yeah, was the that, predator's weapon right. that hurt the predator, and that's how he he kind of got like over on him. And I feel like if they would have put Patrick Swayze in there, it would have been like Patrick Swayze. They wouldn't have made it. Swayze would have used a samurai sword. Yeah, or or it would have been like he would have been fighting or just like hand-to-hand combat where with Danny Glover, he was literally trying to outthink the Predator. Mm -hmm. Trying to, like, there was lots of action. Don't worry, there's blood, there's naked people hanging upside down. That's great. But when it came to -to hand-to-hand, face-to-face combat with the Predator... He knew he was going to die, like, and he acted like he knew he was going to die, mm-hmm. and he was acting desperate, and yeah. he he took the one weapon that he knew somehow that he got his hands on because it was kind of like in the wall, and sliced off the predator's arm, and that is what gave him the upper edge. Yeah, just to, for. Uh... A clear for clarification Sorry. on what she's talking about. I'm no, jumping, fine. I'm jumping. No, 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 you're fine with the scene, but uh, again, for those that don't know, the Predator has what is called a final weapon, and that is when he's about oh, to lose. Bloop, 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 so bloop. he can self destruct himself, and it's a pretty massive bond. Now, in the first movie, it wasn't as big of an issue because it was in the middle of the jungle areas. Here, you're in the middle of the city, so Glover's character, as she said, Kind of has to use his wits. He kind of knows from the information that BC gave him that this creature will try to like kill itself if it's. He being said it was like last how many resort. like like thirty square miles yeah. or some shit of forest that was destroyed. Right. Yeah. So it. So that's when Glover, of course, takes because the, the predator is kind of hanging on the side of a building because they've both fallen off the the roof. And Glover has to and take like, the weapon and basically sever his arm to, to, to kill the fucking countdown of the bomb. Uh, of course, before that, he's like, your move, pussy face. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so Glover's got these one-liners in there that's really funny. 
he's just it's kind of funny because it's almost like his character from Lethal Weapon who's kind of aged and you know he's trying to keep up with this thing which is a fucking I'm alien. too old for this shit right and he's afraid of heights so he gets like moments where he's like many moments on a fucking roof right he's like I just I gotta get down from here <laughs> Then we talked about how he's climbing down the pole because at this point the beast, after it's lost its arm, falls into a building next to it, to a bathroom where he starts to try to heal himself. But Glover has to do it the hard way and he's climbing down. He's like making comments to himself like, maybe I'll get lucky and fall and die. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's already fed up with the whole fucking thing. <laughs> That's right, I forgot he said that. <laughs> yeah. So it's just funny because Glover knows that he's outmatched, but as Neko said, he's the entire film, the entire time he's fighting this thing, he's got to try to outthink it. And but he's he's also hard-headed, so he's not letting it get away. Like it keeps trying to get back to wherever it's going. Eventually, it does when it gets onto its ship, and of course he's down there. But uh, at that point, we kind of learned that because after he kills the predator, which spoiler alert, but. We kind of knew that was going to happen, but after he does it, he's all of a sudden faced with like six to eight other predators who were also on this ship. But that's when we learned that, you know, the predators have been here for a long time on the planet. And they keep coming back. Right. So, and it's funny because the predators didn't kill him. They could have easily. Uh, but there's like this sign of respect because they are hunters. So they understand that when you're, when you're a predator, you're in a battle. And we've seen this through some of the AVP movies as well, that they it's very it's like an honor thing with them. So, like, if they die by either the hands of an alien or hands of a human, it's respectable. Now, granted, uh, we kind of think it's kind of a cheap shot, the fact that he would try to blow himself up if he's already lost. But but he's tried that twice now. That's what he does. Right. That's what they do. Right. Because they, they're like, it's almost like the kamikaze Shit. Oh yeah, exactly. So, you know, here he he manages to kill the the predator without getting blown up, and the rest of the predators are like, okay, well, we give you that. And then he threw him a old gun from like seventeen fifteen that they had managed to get. So that just shows you how long they've been around. And yeah, it was like seventeen fifteen. Right. What the fuck? So it, it's a very good movie. It really doesn't deserve the low ratings that it gets. I I really because. You know, I, I kind of like make the argument I made with Con Air and The Rock. They're, you know, both Predator movies are a little bit different because the scenes are different. Like, they're in different settings. So, and you have different groups of people fighting them. So, you know, when we're on the subway with Paxton and Alonzo, like, they're just now discovering what it is they're fighting. Like, they can't believe it. and But they're still trying to the best way they can. Um, but in the... In the, in the first movie in the jungle you know there you have soldiers who are seasoned guys who do this shit and for they, a living and they're they're not expecting an alien right so know? even they were surprised at times like earlier and it wasn't until the end when we got arnie by himself basically if it bleeds well he has a one scene where he fell in the water got in the mud and the creature couldn't see him so he discovered something that was brought up in the, the predator too about the way mm -hmm. they see things uh, and that was that they usually look in infrared, that they look for body heat. 
in the second movie, which, this is the second movie, the thing I always appreciate about, and I can never find the poster that I once had of it because it was so awesome at the time that this was with all the weapons. His weaponry. That's how we discovered a lot of what the Predator has. In the first movie, we didn't see a whole lot of it. We saw a couple things: his uh, his arm blades, and of course his uh, photo th- uh, the the laser bomb or what the fuck is he shoots out of from the side, but. Mm-hmm. In the second one, we've got he's got like this net that he can cast out that traps him, not only just traps you in it, but it starts peeling back and really can rip your skin off. Uh, and then he has the, the sphere, the little blade sphere mm-hmm. that he can pull up and throw, which he uses in the movie. He's got he that a spear. big that looks like a, a, tr- a trident. The the right, yeah, it extends out. So the cool thing about Predator Two is we got to see a little bit more of the weaponry they had. Uh, to use and the poster I had would have like little examples and then they would explain what they were and what they did and uh, it was just cool shit and that's the great thing about Predator 2 it's, it's just a different environment and a different setting and it actually in some ways you know when you're watching Predator you're like okay we got Schwarzenegger big dude he's an army guy or military guy so we expect him to kind of combat with this thing but in L.A. with cops, ordinary cops, you know, you're like, wow, how are they going to compete with this thing? And then we find out. You know, it's like, it's just a matter of wits at that point. So, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, it was fun to go oh, back. Oh, I agree. I, so, we didn't really, like, my favorite scene is the one that Anubis played was where the little kid at the graveyard is just dicking around and he sees the predator I guess just like the outlines and he's like want some candy? Yeah because the predator can bend light and he has like this cloaking device mm-hmm. that he uses so he can basically become invisible but you, it has just like a little bit of a, a blur to it. And he's like mommy I saw a ghost. So the kid you know he's sitting there with a little toy gun now the predator's got this mask on that he can see like what kind of weapons or whatever's going on so he sees that it's a gun but he's not really sure because the gun's lowered uh that's probably really the kind of only the one thing we've noticed with the first two films is that the directors won't go really that far in terms of letting the predator kill a woman or a child we haven't seen that we've seen it later with some of the other incarnations of predator movies and you saw when he had the female cop and he realized she was pregnant. Right. He wouldn't kill her, even right. though she was armed. So, uh, yeah. So we, we we do find an intelligence with the predator and how it fights and all this stuff. But at the cemetery, you know, Glover's character is visiting one of the friends from work that died. Danny uh, boy. Danny boy. And at the time that Danny died, he had a necklace that the predator took. Oh, that's right. So as as Glover's character is walking back to the car, it's hanging from the tree where the Predator saw the kid. So the Predator is clearly sending a message to him, like, hey, I'm on to you. I know you're a good fighter, so we're going to do this. You know, We're doing this. He's egging him on, uh, pissing off Glover at the same time. Uh, this is still before we, Glover even knows what he is or how he is or what it is. But Yeah, he doesn't even realize he's fighting an alien. Right. He thinks it's like Just a, a mafia boss or something <laughs> right. fucking with him. Right. So it's a really good movie. I I think it's criminally I mean forty percent. Right. That's bullshit. Yeah, it's just it's a ridiculous thing. Um anyhow, we're gonna
this is Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
We are back. We are back. Trying to finish up another great episode of the Hordes of Chaos on this Metal Tavern Radio podcast. That's a good episode, baby. Yeah. A lot of good stuff to talk about, a lot of great music. Uh, next week will be really good as well, so we got a lot of good stuff coming up for you all music-wise. And as always, we'll have some good topics to talk about and movies and whatnot, so... Trust me, we're going to watch a thousand more documentaries and we're going to have lots of views on something. Right, that's what we do, that's what we do. Uh, appreciate all the love and support for the podcast. Uh, many thanks to the promotional sites and labels that send us the tracks to play. We all appreciate it. I appreciate it, you appreciate it. And we heard some good shit this week. Oh my god, like especially in the rock block, holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. So, uh, again, many thanks to all of you to support this podcast. We don't get any money from it. We do it just for all the love of the scene and the love of entertainment, movies, and stuff like that. So, appreciate the support. Going to play a band for you now that just contacted me within the last day or so called what? Cathedral's Fall. Yeah. Okay. Uh- and they sent us a track to play, so we're going to do that now. I'm excited for this. It's called How Far We Fall. Here we go. And see you all next time. Thank you.